guys, it's Miss Jenga. I am here to issue a content warning. Just so you're aware, we're going to be talking about non-consent play, some of which surrounds uh, the topic of sexual assault. So if this is something that you're sensitive to or that might bother you, please have a buddy with you or just don't listen. It's okay. We'll be back next week. We just want you to know that we love you and we're thinking about you. The following podcast is intended for mature audiences, so if you're under 18, just turn it off, okay? Do you know the secrets of making friends? They are so simple and easy. That looks easy enough, and Joey is going to try it out. Hey guys, it's Miss Jenga. It's Freckles. And uh, we are here at the CSPC today. Again, drink free. No, drink free. No alcohol on premises. Right. We want to respect the laws here of the Washington State. We are here with Jim Duvall. And you are a prominent member of the CSPC. You're one of the founders, is that yes, correct? Yes, yeah. That's correct. yeah. So you were here from the beginning of the gnashing of teeth that it takes to start a nonprofit and. Especially a naughty nonprofit. There was definitely oh teeth goodness. gnashing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> was there some biting? I do like biting. Um, <laughs> I don't know about biting, but there was there was definitely some. It was some troubled times to get it all going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you guys are successful. You're in your sixteenth year, seventeenth, yeah. sixteenth mm-hmm. year. year. So two thousand yeah. is when you got started. Wow. Um, yeah, and this is an amazing resource for the greater Pacific Northwest area. And uh, you specifically teach non-consent classes. Or consent classes for non-consent play. Is that yes. correct? I, okay. I teach in a lot of different areas around adult sexuality. But one of the things that I do teach quite often are different areas of consent up mm-hmm. to playing with consensual non-consent is the term people use. Where okay. We're going we're gonna to agree ahead of time that we're going to do something that appears to be non-consensual later on while we're doing it. Ooh, sounds dicey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. And you're also a photographer. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. tell me a little bit about that. Um, I've been a photographer now. Um, my background is in optical engineering. Mm-hmm. And so I was actually a lens designer before I was a photographer. And I started picking up a camera to take to take pictures in the lab of the lenses we were building. Oh, okay. Ah. That's uh, super sexy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and fell into erotic photography a long time ago. I was dating someone who worked as a phone sex operator. Okay. And... I, I said to them, you know, you ought, to, you ought to go out and branch out on your own instead of working for this company that takes all of the money you're making. Right. You ought to be in pictures, baby. And I said, there's this new thing called the World Wide Web. Oh, yeah. And we yeah. could put up a web page. It might be a fad, but I think it's going to take off. <laughs> <laughs> it was a quote. I said this in yeah. a date. And I said, and we can put up a couple of pictures for you, and I can get you a merchant account number, and you can branch off and be your own phone sex company. Yeah. And there I started taking pictures of them for their website. Right. And then their friends in the phone sex industry started contacting me to say, would you take our pictures? And yeah. you know, I was taking sexy, sexy pictures suddenly with these cameras that until then I'd just taken pictures in the lab with. Nice. Um, so definitely became a photographer through the back door. Did not intend. <laughs> um, back, uh, wasn't, it back door photographer to, of back doors. Went, went, to, went to the wrong photography school, <laughs> <laughs> so to speak. 
<laughs> and that is all she wrote. Yeah. So that little internet fad thing has worked out for you. Yes, it has. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And you're also on the board of directors for the FSPC. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. which runs the foundation that supports uh, the Seattle Erotic Art Festival. And we interviewed mm-hmm. Sophia last week for uh, the festival that's coming up. Um, but they also support the educational endeavors for the center, correct? That's correct, yeah. So yeah. What, is, what is your role with that? Um, I'm a I'm a board member there, and so then I I you know the board oversees the the, the policies and okay. that the you know the the due diligence of the nonprofit organization. The foundation is different than the center; is it's a five hundred one c three, and those are yep. IRS constructs. That um, the foundation is an arts and education organization. Yes, and so its donations are tax deductible and things like that. Um, and it is its mission is to serve people who are not its members, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. center. Its mission and restriction is that it has to serve its members. Right. That's a, so the IRS... Different know, designations. I mean, yeah. the IRS determines how we do good work and charity in the United States because yeah. they have different codes. And, yeah. and they don't consider sex charity work <laughs> for whatever reason, much to my chagrin. That's a whole podcast talking about right. our adventures with the IRS when we were actually going through and getting that designation. It was a... It, it, yeah, yeah. Be, it would be a really interesting show sometime for you to yeah, do. Yeah, I've, I've set up a couple <laughs> nonprofits, and it's, it, yeah, I, I feel you. I feel you for sure. So I'm, I'm really interested. There's been uh, a lot of sensationalized things going on in the media lately uh, throughout the month of February for um, this gentleman named Roosh, who is a professional pickup artist and written a bunch of uh, kind of misogynist articles and books about how to kind of don't ha- sell them short don't sell them short no i don't want to give them too There's much no airplay about it <laughs> definitely misogynist <laughs> i've read a bunch of the articles i i peruse the websites i'm not gonna give them um airtime to to connect sure. people with that if you want to if you want to do that do your own research um but they this gentleman uh released an article about legalizing rape and that's his solution to fixing the problem of sexual assault in this country and uh, basically it it jumped off of the the shoulders of teaching women a lesson teach them how to protect their bodies like they would their purse which i'm like how does that even match up because it's not legal to steal somebody's purse right. so it yeah. just didn't didn't make a lot of sense to me but one of the things um and i and i'm gonna be very upfront i am a sexual assault survivor and as as you and i were talking you know i've done a lot of my my own work and really had a lot of trouble with uh depictions of sexual assault in the media and in entertainment movies that type of thing um and for me to be able to sit here and talk to you about it is is a triumph of my own so i'm coming at this as a from a place of compassion and understanding and not not being flippant but having um i'm a thriver now so i i like to to use that term instead of survivor or victim. Um, so I'm, I'm thriving. And one of the things I wanted to talk to you about uh, as, as I was talking to people in the sex positive community about this situation, and I'm like, well, maybe if they just had a class from gym and rape play, it would be okay. <laughs> and people got squicky with me. They were like, are you serious? So I wanted to come to the source. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, I would say that the the first thing to start with when talking about this guy, Roosh, is that I really do think that a lot of that, a lot of the problem with the people in the men's right activist mm-hmm. organizations and the, the pickup artist stuff right. is 
is a fundamental thing in our society. And the fundamental thing in there, and this goes to both genders or any gender you can imagine, mm-hmm. is that our society really looks at sex as something that a man takes from a woman, that a woman gives yes. her body to a man. I mean, you look at our literature. Sure. It's take me. Yep. It's not, men don't say take me to right. women, but women say take me. Mm-hmm. And... And it, it's, it's it's a commodity. It's, it's it's and it's considered and it's considered in 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 economics mm-hmm. just from that point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the way families feel shame when their daughter has been defiled, right? They don't feel that same shame when their son has been defiled. No, it's high fives and let's yeah, buy some look cigars. At the guy. Look at yeah. the kid. Look at him go. He's a man now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so just that fundamental idea that. Sex is something that is taken from a woman and given to a man. Mm-hmm. That, there's, that, the, that the energy exchange is all this direction. In a very heteronormative, cis-type situation. Yep. Um, to some extent, in a heteronormative situation where I just use those words, you know, woman and man, mm-hmm. but quite frankly, in others, other equations you might come up with, the person who's penetrating. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Versus the person who's being penetrated. Sure. Sure. The same thing. Yeah. The same idea goes goes along there. Like a bear and a twink yes, in the, the exactly, gay community. Okay. You know. Um and so so just that I that concept and idea is I think something we need to reverse. Okay. That I do believe there's a fair energy exchange there and if it's and, and sex is done right there should be a fair energy exchange there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There should be both people both parties are walking away saying I got something of value out of that exchange with that her human being. Right. And that's a thing that would change a lot of things in our society. Okay. It would change slut shaming. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would change. A, there's a lot of things that would 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 it, that would be altered mm-hmm. if, if we change that. Um, but just that basic idea, and it's it's a tough one. To, it's a tough ship to turn, and that you're looking at pop culture, right? Movies, songs. You know, we learn a lot of our morals from our entertainment. Yeah. And Hollywood is not the greatest. You know, everything's got to fit into an hour and 22 minutes. Right. Or yeah. a three-minute song or a 27-minute TV show. Yeah, sound bites and tweets <clears throat> is what we live and exactly. die on. Mm-hmm. The story arc can only go so long. And so that, that idea of that fair energy exchange is, is a tougher thing for them to, to come up with. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a sort of a first thing. The first thing that, that I think we need to say, this is the base we need to work on. Right. Getting more to what's going on with this guy, you know, Roosh and some of these men's rights activist guys, they're frustrated by that. They see sex as something they take or get. Right. From a person. Right. They don't see, they don't see it as a fair energy exchange. And therefore, it's, it's just a goal. It's a commodity to get. And do you, what I read was like that they feel like it's being withheld too. Correct. And that... Because that's also a message from our culture, right? Is that is that the the person who has the sex to give is also enjoined to keep it for as long as they possibly can, because there's a commodity there. Mm-hmm. There's the virginity commodity. There's the there's the sex has to be special. It has to be. It's it's set up so that 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 mindset that says I should be getting that mm-hmm. is is there and is and is is uh, supported by the. By the cultural narrative. And entitlement. Yeah. Yeah. It sets up sure. the entitlement and then reinforces the entitlement. And and then you add a layer onto that of of men being taught that successful men mm-hmm. get multiple women. 
Sure. Yes. That successful men are ones who can get any woman. Right. They can be James Bond. Right. And even the woman who was trying to shoot them and kill them 15 minutes ago in the movie suddenly succumbs to their charms. <laughs> exactly. And all of a sudden falls on his dick. Ta-da! <laughs> you know, once the evil mastermind has been quenched. Right. <laughs> yeah. Game over. Yes. Exactly. And yeah. so that, that idea that successful men get many women. Right. And, and can get any woman they want. And successful women that get many men are just slutty and dirty. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's that's that same that same idea. Right. And um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so, so those those ideas there kind of couple into that, and so these men have a a sense of self that to be a man they should be, mm-hmm. and so they they think of strategies to mislead women. Right. They think of strategies. You know, this is this whole pickup artist game. Yeah. Thing. Well, and there was even, like, as I was doing my research, they even have, like, books and, and PDFs about which, like, all over the world, how to pick up women in different cultures in different parts of the world, and even which countries not to go to, because the women will rip them off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. So they're they're figuring out where it doesn't work, where their bullshit doesn't fly, or the women are just a little bit more wily than they are and can see them coming from a mile away. So um, I found that really, really interesting as far as their their message out there. And um, they had formed a bunch of different meetups that were supposed to happen at the beginning of February. Yeah. And I had actually been pinged by a couple people to go do a counter protest of these meetups that were happening at parks and stuff. And I was really upset about the amount of fear mongering that went with it because a lot of the people that were pinging me were saying, stay away from these areas. There's going to be these rampant race rapists running around. And I'm like, okay, let's show up with our megaphones. Like what, (laughs) what are you talking about? Like show up with our camera phones and take their picture. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And they actually published the, the Roosh folks published a, what do I do if I'm, confronted with list yep like it just like bullet points of if you are at a park and you are talking about to your group remind these people that this is a closed meeting at there you're in a public space and they're not allowed to be there and do a bunch of how does that work right exactly i'm like well we're here at the public space where you are and we're just you know shouting louder than you want us to so ha yeah (laughs) and they canada has actually talked about banning him from the country because he violates their uh hate speech laws up there um which i i found really interesting because we do have freedom of speech here so he is he is allowed to publish this stuff and Um, the internet has been attacking him. He's been attacked by anonymous to the point where um, his family's had to hire security and that type of thing. So people are have this this visceral reaction of anger channeled towards them, which I think only fuels the fire. So how how does that fit into consent and kind of quelling that in in your opinion? Wow. Well. I mean, I mean, consent culture is about just that, about building a culture where we get consent for sexual interactions, but even just contact interactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and other types of interactions with other people. Right. And, and it, it, to really go to, you know, go to consent culture, a, a good example, one of the better examples of consent culture that I know of is 
I raised three children. Mm-hmm. I had three stepdaughters, and I raised them. And when we were playing around when they were little kids, I would grab one of them and tickle them, and they would laugh, and they would giggle. Right. And I unfortunately, it was the way I was raised. It was what, what the, 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 the culture that I was raised in by my parents, by mm-hmm. everybody around me. I taught them that larger men, men that are larger than them, can touch their bodies without asking permission oh. when yeah. they were three. Right. Yeah. right. Think, think, think about that idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have a really dear friend right now who has two children, mm-hmm. and he says to his children, may I tickle you? Okay. Yeah. And they say yes most of the time because right. they think it's a fun game to be tickled by dad, and they yeah. laugh and they giggle and they have fun. Yeah. But sometimes they're not in the mood and they say no, and they have that agency yes. as children. Yes. Yes. Well, and that's one of the things that we we actually got a lot of shit for from our family because I was adamant about, and you know, this is t- almost twenty years ago now, so this was definitely not a popular idea. Um, but I would tell them when we go to relatives' houses, you don't have to hug them, you know, mm-hmm. and oh, it would piss the relatives off. I see. So yeah, Uncle Bernie yep. or Aunt Martha who comes over, yep. and yep. is you know, and smells you- like their cats, yep. and wants <laughs> yep. a hug. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to give them a hug? You don't have to, is what I would say. And sometimes they would, and sometimes they wouldn't. You know, we'd be leaving and saying goodbye, and I'd give them the option. And man, it oh, yeah. hackles came out. I was the bad, the bad stepchild. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I get that. How that that, and and I, I understand that that dynamic in a family. Yeah. That aunt or uncle was where was there when they were a baby. Yep. Bonded with them. The child doesn't remember. No. That bonding yeah, happening. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. That was that's ancient history to a four year old. Yep. Yeah. So the child is like, who's the weird stranger? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Scary, wearing purple. Yeah. You know, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And the um, you know the 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 uh, the adult who should be the adult in this matter, right, is sitting there saying, "But I want affection from that child. I bonded mm-hmm. with it." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too bad, so sad. Yeah, yeah it's up you should have been there. You should have the been there when the kid learned to talk. You should have right. been there when the kid was forming their independence. Yeah. When they were doing the terrible twos and going saying no to everything. You should have been there for that. Right. Right. The not cute part. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, even yeah, if they yeah. couldn't be, it's still it's still a you know, autonomy and owning your own body. Because how can you tell a child, you know, we're teaching you that it's you have the right to say no to bad touch and all this other stuff, but then, oh, no, no, you have to, to hug Uncle Bernie, you know? It's yeah. not, not cool. Um, one of the things that I, I found super annoying about this whole uh, legalizing rape scenario was that they were taking consent culture and trying to twist it. So yeah. their, their whole thing about legalizing rape was anywhere that wasn't a public space, any private property, you consent to whatever sexual contact could possibly happen in a private space. And I'm, I'm reading this article and going, well, that doesn't just mean private homes. That could be Burger King, Burger King or yeah. a, a you know, 24-hour fitness or any place like that. So yep. how, how does that start to play in? And it it irritated me because there there are activists such as yourself and and myself that are are working hard to uh, permeate our culture outside of the walls of sex positive centers and stuff like that to understand what consent actually means so by twisting that it was frustrating for me to see 
that it's automatic consent when you enter into a place that you lose your body autonomy. That's not, that's not cool. Yeah. Well, I think that that's, that anytime somebody says, okay, we want to make a major change culturally and consent culture is ideologically a major change in the way we view our world and human interaction. How so? Explain that to me. Well, just, just that, that thing of, um, the fact that you need consent to give somebody a hug. You just don't walk up to them and put your arms around them. Mm Mm-hmm that you need consent for those basic interactions. And that builds this cu- this culture of, I need consent for the bigger interactions. Right. And, um, and that's a, that's a, a, a big challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I teach consent classes, one of the demonstrations I do is I usually set two chairs side by side, and then I reenact the, it's been in every, every coming of age movie you've ever seen is the the scene in the movie theater oh, yeah. where the boy is sitting next to the girl mm-hmm. and he's sitting there and he 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 goes to give her some popcorn and they rub shoulders a little bit and there's a little bit of contact and she doesn't flinch away right right and then sooner or later at some point in the movie he stretches mm-hmm. and puts mm-hmm. his arm behind the chair and then slowly the arm comes up on the top of the chair and she still doesn't flinch away right and. That idea of it being Impl- uh, implied consent. No, or? it's more the idea that it's it's a the the best way I, ha- I saw it described in somebody's blog was it's a wish culture. Oh, okay. Or a guess culture. Okay. He's wishing and guessing that that's what she wants. Got it. And he just keeps. He doesn't make a move. He makes and he makes little moves that could be explained away. Like I was just stretching. Right. Okay. Yeah. So if she rejected him at the point of w- the stretch, he could say, "Oh, I was just stretching. It's okay. I'm just my shoulder. Right. I was working hard, shoveling snow. Right. You know, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Trickery. So you know, yeah. and then you know, his arm is on the back of the chair for a while, and then something happens in the movie, and they both jump. They're startled, and his mm-hmm. arm slips down onto her shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, like yep. that. Yep. Yep. And if she wants those sexual advantages, she's sitting there wishing for more the whole time. Okay, okay. So both parties are wishing and guessing, but not saying explicitly. Right. Yeah. You know, and that goes back to the sexual shaming on both sides. Because yeah. she's a slut for asking, and he's a jerk for asking. Yeah, he's not a gentleman. Not a right. gentleman, yeah. yeah. You know, um, he's not a gentleman for 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 saying something frankly like i really like you a lot i'm really attracted to you and i'd like it if we be, we could be more physically intimate is that mm-hmm. okay with you mm-hmm. yeah can i put my arm around you yeah yeah, yeah. you know I, and i care about your autonomy and i don't want to do that without your consent yeah. <laughs> see and that's part of it too there that the, the the language that we have around it and we we say it kind of joke it's something we should be saying and it's something that we joke about and we go, oh, you know, it's like, oh, I'm just going to, I want to put my arm around you. And it's like, you know, can I, is that okay? And it gets muddled and confused. And since we're not taught that, I mean, my generation definitely didn't have, I mean, I know exactly the yeah. scenario you're talking about. I remember doing stuff like that. And, and the millennials you know, are being taught consent is sexy. Yes, they are. And, and it's exciting good. to see yes. these 20 somethings that have very little sexual shame. And they're fierce and just open about it. And also um, take no as a yes to themselves. 
you know, that, that they recognize that that's a healthy boundary instead of a rejection. Yeah. Which yeah. is fantastic. And I just went to two uh, workshops recently with co-creation about mm-hmm. boundaries and consent and that type of thing and asking for what you want. And it's, it's amazing to see them be so empowered um, that they are able to, to just be solid in this without any a doubt in their mind that that's what's what's happening and what's okay and what's right and normal normalizing it so it's it's really cool to see that um us hold fogies are the hopefully the last generation <laughs> to have to deal with that <laughs> I, I liken it to when I, I i um i did some some lectures on consent to some university classes not too long ago mm-hmm. and i looked i looked at the kids in the class and i said okay the the way to see this is i'm the consultant telling you what's wrong Got you, know, it. you guys don't have jobs yet. You go out, you go out into the corporate world. You're going to have consultants come into your company, and their job is going to be to tell you what's wrong with the way you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm the consultant telling you what's wrong. Your job is to fix it for your kids. Yep. There Make it better. Go. Yeah. You know, it's exactly. it's going to be a multi generational solution. It is. Yeah. It has to be. But you're gonna you your job now that you know what's wrong is to fix it for your kids. Yeah. Yeah. I called that the George stands the rule of parenting. You know, yeah. it's like <laughs> if whatever your instincts are, do exactly the opposite, and it's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you you teach consent by doing physical demonstrations like that, and then what? How do you get people comfortable with? talking about this and and asking because that's a that's that could be a huge barrier for people I, I i think so it is it's a tough one because it's a tough one from the point of view of you are putting yourself out there explicitly for rejection mm-hmm. rather than subtly rather right. from, from a rejection you can pretend to everybody else in the room didn't happen right mm-hmm. including yourself yeah. to some extent mm-hmm. you're putting yourself out there for a rejection that is going to be explicit mm-hmm no, I do not want you to touch me there. Right. Sometimes the reason may be as simply as because I'm my leg is sore there, mm-hmm. you know, or or something like that, or because it's not it's not something I want to do today. Yeah. But at the same time, just it's, getting that no is a tough thing for a lot of people's ego. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that we should practice, and we would be a better society if we were all well-practiced at it. Yeah. One of the things that I taught when I was um, at New Horizons was the Swinger 101, and I was I was teaching all ages from you know early 20s all the way up through 60s, people in their 60s that were starting to explore the lifestyle and that thing, that type of thing, and um, opening their sexuality and, and delving into areas that they hadn't been in before, and a lot of them were really worried about that. And I said, well, guess what? No starts with the letter N and so does next. So if you just look at it as an opportunity to go find someone else who is going to jive with you, then that's a great thing for you. So you're not wasting your time. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I, people were empowered by that to know that it's okay. That's not a good fit. So I'm not going to pursue that and not have to escalate it to the point where I'm badgering or making someone feel uncomfortable because, you know, you don't know. They might have a cold and just don't want to spread germs or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. Probably, I mean, I would say that one of the best communities of people who understand just what you said about, about knowing next is watching um, watching strippers. Yeah. Going to a strip club. Stripper walks up to a guy. Says, you want a lap dance? He says no. She goes to the next guy. Right. Yeah. She doesn't take it personally. If she took it personally, she would be out of that career because she's mm-hmm. going to hear no a lot. seven out of ten times a day. Yeah. yeah. But the way she makes her money is by 
asking until somebody says yes. Yeah, she's a fly to fly salesman. <laughs> yeah, and um, and you know, and and just okay. Well, that you know, for some reason, this didn't work out with between you and I. It's not my problem. Yep. It, just, it, it didn't work out between you and I. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. Yes. And I think that's, a, that's another thing to get to is saying there's nothing wrong with me when I hear no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's just something wrong with this interaction. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not a good fit. So one of the things that you teach are consent, non-consent play. Yeah. Tell me about that. What does that mean? Well, if you do, if you say, look at psychological studies, and um, I can, I can, I can give you a couple of references. You can, you can sort of tack onto the podcast. Yeah, later that'd be great that, for people on Certainly. the website. And um, but you look at psychological studies. There are a large percentage of people for whom they have figured out at some point in time in their sexual development, they eroticized things that had some element of coercion or force. Or thing that that they, they eroticize that aspect of their sexuality. Okay. Um, that doesn't mean they want to be raped by random strangers in the street. Right. That means they've eroticized this in some way, and it's a large component of our society. You look at the bodice ripper novels. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of dead trees there. <laughs> <laughs> with the same plot line. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know. Exact- well, even even Twilight, like if you read between the lines with that stuff, there's some serious non-consent stuff exactly, going on there. Exactly, all of that aimed at twelve-year-olds. I mean, <laughs> exactly. So there's a lot of people who have eroticized that stuff in some right. way. And so, so they've got this erotic energy tied up in that aspect of it, and they're building fantasies around things that are happening that are non-consensual. And very taboo. And very taboo. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, society is saying to them, everything you do has to be consensual. Right. Or, or in your marriage or whatever the, 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 the mode of sex, accepted sexuality of the day is, right. depending on what generation or era you're in. And they have these fantasies that are, that are going against that grain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people that were in monogamous marriages weren't supposed to fantasize about the sea captain. Right. Right. Grabbing yeah, them. Exactly. You know, they weren't supposed to, you know, fantasize about the milkman. Right. Or the cable guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or any other porn <laughs> plot or, line. Or the mechanic or Random. whatever yes. that thing is. Yeah. So there's so there's all this erotic energy going on there. Mm-hmm. And so so it, it's it is an ex, it should be an accepted part of human sexuality. Mm-hmm. Then the next question is okay, if we want to really fully realize this part of our sexuality, how do we do it in a way that is healthy and consensual. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's where the whole idea of consensual non-consent really comes into play, of really figuring that out. Sure. Figuring out how do I sit down with somebody and say, this is what I want. These are my desires. Now let's do this and make it feel as real as we need to. Okay. And does that always include bondage as well, some sort of restraint, or what have, what have you found? I have found that for... Is it a subset? It, for, for some people, it is restraint. For some people, it is bondage. For some people, it is coercion. Okay. Just psychological mm-hmm. restraint. You know, it, you yeah. know it, it, it really falls into most types of power exchange you would see in a sexual encounter. Okay. You know, 
So someone can just can have all these consensual non consent fantasies, and their fantasy is their boss telling them what to do. Okay. Or they're yeah. not going to get the raise, or sure. they're going to get fired. So it's more of a power exchange. Yeah. Okay. And that power exchange can go from all those to I fantasize about somebody coming into my home and invading my home. Mm hmm. And so they say, okay, we're going to make this arrangement with somebody who, you know, my partner is going to go out, get a bunch of dirty clothes on, mm -hmm. and sneak in through the window one night. Right. And it's not a good idea to solicit that on Craigslist. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Um, there, are there are people in prison for that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, exactly. And, it, and that's where really, really nailing down your consent issues are really important mm -hmm. making sure you have dotted those i's and crossed those t's because there are some people who do some idiotic things on i mean right. idi idiotic and evil right yeah um i they don't you know there's a a gentleman in wyoming who's in prison mm -hmm. i don't want to make this whole show about a downer but no you know, that's, that's fine yeah. no you know yeah, he good. he answered an ad on craigslist yep and somebody was saying my partner really wants this brutal brutal rape scene right to happen and they want it to be a stranger Ooh. and the more they protest and the more they say no the bigger yep. it's going to be a turn on for them trust me they're my partner yep and i, I remember this case yeah oh. and it was the partner's ex yep it was oh, a shit. setup yeah wow they both got arrested and they both you know the guy who did this thing he thought it was consensual he thought yep. he was going to meet to to fulfill this person's fantasy yeah and his fantasy also he was saying that sounds really hot right yeah and he was going to but he thought he was doing something consensual with somebody right uh, yeah. You know, didn't try to conceal his identity because he thought it was consensual. Right. You know, right. didn't. It was a present. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, and it turned out it was that person's ex. Mm -hmm. the, the the ex and the, the person who perpetrated the, the sexual assault both got arrested. As far right. as the person who was concerned who was raped, it was rape. Oh, absolutely. They didn't yeah, care absolutely. about it being a mistake. Right. And rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. And he's doing 17 years in prison. Wow. For that. Wow. And, you know, <clears throat> really dumb mistake. Yeah. So how did you get into this? What, how, what, tell me what your, your origin story is. Because wow. it, there's, there's, you know, the, the play aspect of it, but you've taken it as far as perfecting it and developing coursework and teaching people how to be safe, sane, and consensual with it. Because it is, this is a pretty dark kink that people don't like to talk about. Like I said, just the mention of it, some of our regular listeners that I happened to see at a, a show this weekend got squicky and were like, uh, and I said, there'll be a trigger warning ahead. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Lots of practice. Okay. Um, and, 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 and practice going slow, meaning I didn't, I didn't say, oh, I'm going to go out and start raping people and figure out how to do it consensually. Okay. It was the other way around. It was, okay, I'm having sex with people who have fantasies about this. Okay. Let's figure out a way to do this that's safe and healthy for us. I see. And inch into it that way. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And so this was a request made of you. Yes. Okay. And how did you take that like the first time? Because I, I know that I, I had a partner that I, I asked for that at one point, and they, mm -mm, no way, absolutely not. Don't ever talk about it again. That not was happening. my response the first time, too. Okay. That was it was It was very... It, it was, was a very shaming experience. It was for very me. scary for me to yeah. even think about crossing that, you know, crossing the Rubicon, so to speak, right. and 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 going there. And the first couple of partners that I had that brought anything like that up, I said no to it. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then I started thinking about it, 
and thinking about ways that I could do it because I had fantasies that that fell into that realm also. Okay. And so I said, okay, how can I? How could I do this? And started thinking sure. about that. And then I had somebody approach me and said, this is what I'm looking for. Okay. What was it that they were looking for? Can you describe it? Um, that particular person was looking for somebody who would be able to overpower them. Okay. They were looking for somebody who could overpower them and force them to have sex with them. Mm-hmm. And that could do it in a manner that surprised them. They didn't know it was coming. Okay. All right. So it couldn't be 7 o'clock on Tuesday, I'm sure. coming over and I'm going to grab you. It had to be sometime in this. And so we spent a long time negotiating how to do this safely. Okay. And they wanted it to also to be somebody they had not met. Oh. They approached oh. me by reputation only. They wow. had never met me. Okay. So and did you negotiate through email? Was it in writing? We negotiated through email. We did some negotiation on the phone. Okay. We also did a thing that I think is really important for this type of thing is we checked references on each other. Oh, okay. Yeah. I All called right. people that I knew knew this person and mm-hmm. said, okay, they're talking to me about doing this thing. Right. What Are, are they a person you think? can handle doing something like this. And yeah. the person said, oh, yes, they do all kinds of crazy, adventurous sex, all kinds. They, they experiment in their sexuality all different types of directions. And okay. when it works, it's great. When it doesn't work, they figure out why, but they don't blame people. You know, there's Good. a whole bunch of different things yeah. that I was looking for that I got the right answer to. Okay. And I was very, very fortunate, I think, in that getting those right answers. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the probably the, the thing was that that I, 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 when I teach workshops on this, I mm-hmm. say, you know, always expect something to happen that you don't expect. And the thing that <laughs> happened with that person was they were, they taught self-defense to, oh. <laughs> to, sexual, to sexual assault survivors. Shit. Ah. Oh. <laughs> I Uh-oh. wish you guys could see his face. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they expected to win. <laughs> oh. And they didn't tell you that. <laughs> they did not tell me that they expected to win. They, they they told me that they taught self defense. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and to they they told me that part of it. Okay, but they they to, they didn't tell me that they really in in their heart of hearts expected to win. Wow, wow. Oh, and and did they? No. Oh, and in fact, oh, that must have been a mind fuck. They broke all of their. You know, they they when you take those classes, they give you the rules like you know, here's your here's how you keep yourself safe. Yeah. Rules. Yeah. yeah. You know. Always keep your always look through your peephole before yep. you open your door. Never open the door without the chain on it. Yeah, and you know th- all these kind of things. Always see identification from the UPS man before you let him into your home. Right. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Their roommate, who I was in collusion with, yes, took their son away for the day. Okay. The neighbor children had been banging on the door every half an hour, hoping the son could come out and play. And they were getting frustrated by it, and it was going to be the third time. And they threw the door wide open, looking down, expecting a five- or six-year-old to chew them out for banging on their door. Yeah. (laughs) And there was a UPS man at the door. So then they went, oh, UPS, huh? And then they realized it was Sunday. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Wow. But, but you see how that went. Was, they, that, did, was they, that look super hot for you? Did that just, yeah. oh. But, but, but what I'm saying is that, that psychologically, the thing they had to process at the end of it was that they had been teaching people, if you do all these things, this will never happen to you. Yeah. And they said, oh, if I'm just living my normal life, 
I can't be that. You that can't vigilant. be that vigilant and yep. on edge yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yep. You know, people people live through that for a, a tour of duty in Iraq. Yep. And they come back messed up. Yep. Yeah. You can't live that vigilant of a life. Yep. Always on edge. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wears on you. It, we- it, it yeah. wears you down, and yeah. so it's one of those things that that they had to realize that oh, I I've been I've been silently blaming my students. Wow. Uh huh. Wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Damn. You know, and this was a long time ago before people started saying you know it's you know it's like one of the things I teach in my consent class. I say it's not. Somebody's responsibility to not be raped. It's yeah. your responsibility not to rape people. Right, right, right. You know, and I love the British campaign of like the the list of how to not rape. If you think you're going to rape somebody, take a buddy. Yes, <laughs> you know? yes. How to not get raped. You yeah. know? <laughs> if you really, really can't suppress the urge, blow this whistle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Somebody will come and help you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, um, and, and you've had some mishaps. I, I one of my favorite stories in, involves one of my dear friends. Um, yeah, you had a, a rape scene go awry. Yeah, um, <laughs> and and that was one of those situations where I was at a large, sexy camping event, mm-hmm. and so there were people of various states of undress running all around. Everybody's, you know, it's, it's you know a big, fun, sexy event. Sure. And I'm teaching a class on consensual non-consent stuff, and this person sits in the front row, naked, mm-hmm. and just blurts out in the middle of my class when I'm talking about sneaking through the door, right? That the door to their cabin won't be un- won't be locked that night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. And, there you go. <laughs> and then they basically had a, a a mutual friend. I never met this person before, so they had a mutual friend come over and introduce themselves to me and stuff like that. And we negotiated the fact that we were going to do this sometime that weekend. Okay, and this was through a third party that you we did, did negotiation. We did, some, we, did, we did some negotiation through a third party and some face to face. I okay. always get consent face. I always get consent from the person I'm going to play with. Sure, right. I don't get the consent from. Right. Oh yeah. No. yeah. I don't trust a third party. Oh hell no. You know, yeah. yeah. It could be that ex boyfriend. Yep. Right. You know, on the Craigslist. Yep. So we 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 negotiated that it was going to be a surprise sometime that weekend, and I was not spending the night at the camping event. I was teaching there, but I had to go home and do some work. Sure. Each night, so I was not sleeping there. Mm-hmm. So I was leaving the camping event, and they saw me leaving, and that was my ruse. I was going to drive out, right, <laughs> go have a really late dinner at a sherry somewhere, uh-huh. come back about one in the morning. Well, they saw me leaving and decided, oh, he's not doing it tonight. Oh. And so they hooked up with somebody else. Got it. <laughs> Unbeknownst to you. Unbeknownst to me. Yes. So I show up, and I creep up to the cabin. And the way the moonlight was coming through the window, you could see the bottom half of the bed. Okay. So you're looking at the bottom half of the bed, and you can see one pair of legs in the bed. Got it. So then I creep around, and it was a a, 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 a long building with multiple sleeping rooms in it. Right. So I And it's creaky old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm creeping through this building in the middle of the night, in the dark, not turning any lights on. And... 
trying to avoid the creaky floorboards and the creaky doors and the stuck doors. And, you know, it takes you a long time to get through a building quietly. Yeah. When there's a lot of people sleeping in it and not wake any of them up. And so after about 20 minutes, I get to that bedroom door and I open the door. And in the darkness, I can, I'm pretty sure I can see something else in the bed. What? And so I creep back out. And I creep all the way down the hall. I mean, this takes a long time. Yeah. I creep back down all the way down. I get back outside and I creep over and I look in the window and there's one set of legs. Huh? Okay. This is weird. <laughs> and I'm looking at this one set of legs and I'm thinking, okay, there's one person in this bed. Right. They're alone. Yes. So I do all the creepy stuff <laughs> back again. I mean, this is another... 15, 20 minutes, I get back to... This seems exhausting. Yes, it is. (laughs) And also, you have to understand that one of the things that really I eroticize in this is the fear. Right. It's my fear as well. Yeah. You know, your your adrenaline is flying. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Off the hook. You are, you you know... You're going to get caught. It's going to be a disaster. You don't know how this person's going to react when you go through the door. Right. Right. They could be somebody who fights. They could have a sword. Right. You know, they could have a gun. You know, you you don't know for sure what's going to happen. So I creep down, I open the door again, and I, as I open the door, one of the heads turns over, and it's my friend, Mr. Big. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I couldn't see the legs. <laughs> <laughs> and what is your pro tip with that? <laughs> As I, I, I say to people now, when you when you plan this stuff and you plan it to death and you, you have all the angles worked out, your plan will go wrong because sometimes you go through the door and there's a dwarf in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody gets a fairy tale ending. <laughs> no. Oh my god. I actually was I was teaching this class in mm-hmm. in San Francisco not too long after that, and I said that for the first time. I I I'd asked Mr. Yep. Big and I said, can I tell the story? And he said, sure, yes, you can use it. And, right. And um, so he he gave me permission. I'm, I walk in and I, and I just start that section about planning yes. and then expecting your plans to go wrong. I say, and sometimes you go through the door and there's a dwarf in the room. Yeah. And all these people <laughs> in this class looked at me that I'd said this completely politically incorrect thing. Uh-huh. Ab- abject and horror. We're, and we're just, you know, just looking at me. And I just, and I looked at them all and said, you are on a class on how to rate people. <laughs> you do not have any moral high ground right now. Right. <laughs> I was just saying, like. <laughs> Take all Honey, your judgment. Honey, <laughs> when we signed up for this non-consensual play class, um, I really did not expect to be offended by someone using an incorrect term for a person's stature. <laughs> Um, I'm going to have to condition. go and sit in the corner and think about this for a little while. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. it's like you, do, oh you, have, you have no moral high ground <laughs> yeah. because you came to this class. You just don't, right? don't, yeah. don't look at me like that. <laughs> um, but it but it does a great il- illustration of you. You can plan a fantasy like that when they get really right. intricate like that, and there's there, there's a lot of complicated moving parts. You can plan it every which way from Sunday, right? And it's still going to have things are going to happen that you don't expect. Sure. Sometimes they're emotional. Sometimes they're physical, like Mr. Big being there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as it turned out, I left mm-hmm. and <laughs> went home and sent this person an email saying, I was in your room and you had somebody with you, so I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Which to them, they thought was really, really hot that I'd been all the way in their room. They didn't know it. And then I left. <laughs> 
twice. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Foiled again, Mr. Oh Big. Foiled again. <laughs> and we did end up eventually having our fun. He's such a cock you know, blocker that weekend. Um, but, but it was... You know, so was, good. So you did. You were able to follow through, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and see, and that's the problem with us sluts is you never know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, next. Yeah. <laughs> he said no. He drove away. Next. <laughs> exactly. And I had, I had, I had thought it was the perfect ruse that yeah. okay, this person is going to really not know I'm coming. Exactly. And obviously it was. <laughs> yeah. And they it really did too not. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you do you process with your uh, play partners um, in this type of play? Do you process with them afterwards? Is yes. that something that, yeah. How, how does the aftercare like that go? Or is that, that's obviously negotiated in advance? Yes or no? Yes. Or, yeah. Okay. And I, I negotiate a couple of different levels of okay. it. Okay. And for, for safety, I, whenever I do this type of play with somebody, I insist that we have somebody who is an emergency contact. Okay. And that is a person that they trust to give them aftercare, to take care of them. Okay. If something emotionally goes wrong, that they can't take that aftercare from me. Okay. Okay. Um, that there's somebody I can call and that will be right there and they'll, you know, they'll give the person chocolate and hugs and mm-hmm. a warm bath and all those things, whatever they need. Yes. Um, to process through some emotion that comes up. Mm-hmm. I've only had to use that once. Okay. Um, in my experience, my, the, the first time I did one of these scenes with somebody, I had I had a different vision of myself. I, I said, I'm going to be Mr. Badass. You know, I'm going to just, I'm going to, do all this terrible stuff, and then I'm yeah. going to just get up and walk out and leave them there, laying there like a puddle, Yeah, and then call their, their roommate yeah. and say, go take care of them. Right, right. And I'm just going to walk away. And I found that I couldn't. Oh. Mm-hmm. That, I, that I got up, and I went to the door, and something made me go back, and I didn't know what to do, so I did some more mean stuff. Yeah. And then I got up, and I went to the door, and you couldn't leave. <laughs> and I, the third time I went to the door, it dawned on me, oh, you can't walk out of this room until this person sees you as a human being again. Oh, I had yeah. to see that look on their face. And so I sat down with them and just waited until they emotionally readjusted. And then I, we, we hugged and cuddled yeah. and talked. And they said, why didn't you leave? Like you said you were going to. And I said, I couldn't. I'm oh. not quite the badass I think I am. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> or oh. that I fantasized about being. Yeah. And... Did it ruin it for them or no, was it? Okay. No, they were, they were glad I did. Good. Um, and I was glad I did. And I learned a lot about myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so you need aftercare as well. Yes. That, that I needed, that, I, that, that was the, the lesson for me is that I needed that aftercare. Yeah. And what I needed was for them to see, and I needed to see that look in their face. It wasn't something they could say if they had sent me an email, it wouldn't have worked. Right. I needed for them to look at me and I needed for, to see in their face that they no longer saw me as a monster. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And was that with someone that you had met previously or no? This was a We a stranger? had never met face to face. Wow. Okay. Okay. So that was really crucial for you to yeah. have that, that validation. Yeah. yeah. That you're, you're a human. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and, and we proceeded to have, um, until they moved, you know, several states away, mm-hmm. we proceeded to have a relationship that lasted for several years. Oh, that's really cool. Um, based on that first date. <laughs> 
That's a hell yeah. of a blind date. Where'd you go on your first date? Well, not really anywhere. Just Let me tell you a story. You should probably sit down. Not exactly a Thanksgiving dinner story, huh? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Depends on your family, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the rape play is is one aspect of it, but there's also you've talked about abduction. Yes. Um. Uh, there's uh, also another type of play that's called uh, Sleeping Beauty. Yes. Sneaking um, in when somebody's asleep and yep. just crawling into bed with them and slowly, you know, seducing them. Yep. And they pretend they're asleep the whole time and respond. Or sometimes they are asleep yeah. and that's how they get woken up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's that's a favorite for me. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, there's 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 all different types of aspects of how that works and doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And, you know. A lot of times it's talked about along real specific heteronormative gender lines, mm-hmm. but the reality is it goes both ways, both directions. Yes. Um, that it, it crosses any gender barrier that you can construct. Right. That type of play. Right. Um, so what could an abduction, because that, that seems even more risky to me because sometimes it includes transporting people yes. and... You have to you have to get smart about it, and once you kind of get smart about it, you can do it. You know, one of my ethics is it should be consensual for all the parties involved. Mm-hmm. So, um, don't abduct people in the mall, right? Right, because you've got a whole lot because of non-consensual people unless around. You, unless you have the capacity to walk around the mall and get everybody's agreement that that's okay. Yeah, yeah, um, and it can be interpreted as a crime, mm-hmm. and it has been. Yes, and that. that you, you, um, have you personally dealt with that? No, but I've, okay. I, I, um, up in Bellingham, mm-hmm. some college kids, they bought a van. Mm-hmm. One of them was a musician. They bought an old panel van for hauling their drums around. Right. And they, somebody made a comment, oh, this looks like the creepy old creeper van. Right. And they were going to pick up their friend at the Hagen's grocery store who was buying groceries for their house. <laughs> and they decided to, it would be funny to come screaming in in the van and grab their roommate and throw their roommate in the groceries in the back of the van and go screaming out of the parking lot. Right. Oh, dear Lord. And the roommate called for help. Oops. While they were being thrown in the back of the van because that would make it even funnier. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Um, this apparently happened right on the shift change of the Bellingham Police Department. <laughs> so everybody who was on duty stayed on duty. They flew the helicopter. Oh my god! They were searching all over for this white van. A white van is a really hard, you know. This it's yeah. It's, it's a, a needle. It's town. a needle in a needle stack. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> and so they were searching all over for it. They finally find it after a couple of hours. The kids are sitting in their living room eating pizza. Jeez. Uh-huh. Oh. And I I don't know the exact details of it, but the the. The the story that came out in the paper at the time was that the plea bargain they were offered was you won't be charged with a felony and ruin your job prospects when you graduate if you just pay for the overtime. Oh, oh, oh shit. For a helicopter? For the, oh, and, oh, and, and, and a whole shift that stayed on duty for three hours. Wow. Wow. That's fair. Wow. That, really? I mean, yeah. You yeah, know, considering. Wow. And tell your mom and dad books went up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we there's, staged a kidnapping and... There's a stupid yeah. surcharge this year at college. Right. 
of twelve thousand dollars. Tuition took a jump. Yep. But but that was but but the reality is even legally, ethically, it was not fair to the people who saw that happen. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 To have to go through that not knowing it was a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there's a gentleman in New York City who has a company. And this is not sexual. This is just a completely not. A, a, but but for people that do have a fantasy of just being kidnapped, yeah, yeah, he will kidnap you mm-hmm. in New York City, mm-hmm. off the street. Mm-hmm. But what one of the things in his service he charges you for this, and one of the things that he includes in his service is you get a video of the entire process of you being Ooh. kidnapped, and so he's got a full on camera crew there, and nobody in New York is bothered by whatever you yep. do in front of a camera. That is brilliant. It's they're just making a movie, honey, and they just keep walking. That's brilliant. Wow. Huh. Plus, he's got documentation that it was consent. But 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 it's yeah. But yeah. he's 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 said he's grabbed people coming right out of the Chrysler building at rush hour. Yeah. And nobody even because says he's boo. got a camera crew with several cameras getting different angles. Yeah. All yeah. around. Yeah. People just think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, these guys are shooting a movie. Why do they got to do it right at rush hour? Yeah. And probably yelling at them for it. Right. A friend of mine and I came up with a business proposal as well. I mean, we'll never do it, but we just thought it would be funny because there were some people that were jerks. We were going to call it Surprise Enema mm. and just kidnap people in, in a brown van and give them an enema and then leave them on their lawn. <laughs> so. You definitely need consent for that. <laughs> yes. I was- yeah, that would be, yeah. yeah. I would want you to ask for my consent for that. Yeah, I would. Did that. Yeah, yeah, you need to sign papers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On that so. one. <laughs> it's a little bit different, you know. Yeah. But it looks just like a UPS van, brown van. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So, what what has been the after effect for the, the people that you've played with in this manner? I would say that everybody has had some surprise to process. Okay. You know, there's been some emotional surprise for myself too. I I, I learn something every time I do this with mm-hmm. somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that surprise is, you know, like I said, with the person who thought they were going to win. Right. But sometimes the surprise is how they were going to respond. Some people think they're going to fight back. Mm-hmm. Some people think they're not, and vice versa. What actually happens? Does it evoke more compassion for them? Yes. Okay. Definitely. Um, and also a lot of people don't think that I will be able to surprise them. Okay. And, you know. You're just a sneaky son of a bitch, aren't you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good. Good. And I like that. And the, also the, the crowd of people that I run in, there's a lot of people who are just as nefarious as me. So I go up to them and say, hey, you want to help me out with this? <laughs> um, right. You know, so I have abducted people on when they're on a date with somebody else. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so they they're safe that night. They're on a date. Right. That's awesome. And their date excuses themselves to go to the bathroom. And then you just slide right in. And suddenly they're in a sack. Wow. Wow. Huh. Right on. You know, so they're, you know, it's 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 how to set that up. I'm giving away right. too many of my secrets here, and everybody's going to know. That's okay. Nobody listens. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so safe words things like that do you run into a situation where is there is that part of the negotiation is that yes. even part of the okay. yeah yeah um do you run it without safe words no i okay. would not okay right. i would not i would i would not do it without a safe word simply because this is this can be rough play yeah and mm-hmm. while my intent is not to harm a person and their intent is not to harm me i hope mm-hmm. it's 
it's like playing rugby. Nobody says, I'm going to play rugby today. I want to break somebody's arm. But if you're a rugby player, right. there is a finite and measurable chance you are going to have a broken arm sometime in your career as a rugby player. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And especially a broken nose. Right. Um, if you know any rugby, I mean, every rugby player. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. half an ear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just break it right now to get it over with. Yeah. Um, but so so there's, there's, there is a finite and measurable chance that somebody may be injured, depending on how rough it gets. Right. right. So you have to say, there's got to be a way for you to say to me, I'm injured. Stop. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's got to be a way to communicate. This is more serious than before when we were role playing and I was saying, no, no, and I didn't want you to stop. Yeah. My, You've got to have that. My elbow's dislocated. We need to. Yes. So yeah. just for that on that simple set, but just also just from the point of view of sometimes somebody thinks it's a good idea and then it isn't. Got it. Yeah. Um, the only time I have had somebody safe word in one of these scenes, it was for emotional reasons, not physical reasons. Oh, okay. All right. And they, they safe worded and it was for a very good emotional reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they found some PTSD they didn't know they had. Yeah. The, they got triggered. Yeah. And, and, and we stopped and, you know, I let them come down. It took a long time. We we worked it out. It took about ten hours of talking. Wow, wow! You know, don't do this right before you got to go to work. Yeah, I was you know, going to say you know, schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey guys, sorry, I'm going to be late for work. I was in this rape scene play, and it just went awry. So yeah, okay, sick yeah. day. Yeah, for this for the same yeah. reasons, I don't you know that I that that I, that I'm careful about a lot of things. I, I schedule. I have a lot of open ended time. Yeah. around something yeah. like this for sure that I can then deal with whatever might have to be dealt with. Yep. Cool. So what are some of your pro tips? If someone has this fantasy that they haven't discussed with anyone, they haven't talked about, they've always felt like they were bad and wrong for it. How do they take us pro tips start to finish? How do you, how do you have this discussion? You know, you've talked really in depth and given a lot of detail about how to negotiate and keep yourself Uh safe, which super valuable, fantastic. So just quick bullet list. What, what could people do? The, the first pro tip that I would give anybody that's going to do this kind of play is it's not a competition. Okay. Ah, okay. And that, that the, if having your partner hold your wrists down while you have sex is working for you. That's as far as you have to go. Sure. And there's not a, I have to keep up with the Joneses and keep going more extreme because so-and-so is doing, you know. Yeah. Right. um, That it's, that whatever is working for you and that, that you have, um, this is radio, so I can't draw a picture. Sure. Um, But quite often in this workshop, I I will draw a picture and I'll put a circle up on the, on the board and it's, this circle says, okay, I said, in, in this circle is a heterosexual boy having sex with a heterosexual girl with the lights off. He has an orgasm. They're in the missionary position. He rolls over. He falls asleep. She's laying there with her legs up, hoping something else would happen Mm because she's not done. Not to belittle anybody's kink, but most people who come to my workshops aren't looking for that. Sure. Sure. Then I draw another circle at the other end of the board. Right. And I say, okay, over here in this circle is a felony. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. You draw a line between these two. Where and are you on the spectrum? You pick a spot on that spectrum. Okay. And it's the spot on that spectrum that is working for you that is not in either one of those circles. Sure. Is the right place. There's no competition. Okay. <clears throat> That's sort of the, 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 the first big tip. Yeah. 
Because I think that where people do get in trouble with this is they do something because of the story they're going to tell later on or the, the, the person who's going to be impressed or to compete with somebody yeah. Yeah. in a community. And that's a bad motivation to do this type of play. Right. The next thing is to determine what is the thing, the really important thing about this type of play that makes it work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, or what you think it might. Or you, what you think yeah. it might. And that sometimes t- takes a lot of thinking and really analyzing and thinking it through. Mm-hmm. Because you can do this kind of play and get everything you negotiated with your partner for. You, mm-hmm. I negotiated with there would be this, and there would be this, and there would be this. And you finish it all, and you got all the elements that you asked for, all right. the accoutrement that you know the, the my partner will wear a mask and my partner will have handcuffs and my partner mm-hmm. will you know say this thing or that thing and I, right. they do all the stuff and you finish it and it's like you had a caffeine-free diet coke got it uh-huh. came in a can yep. said coca-cola on it had Nothing. brown fizzy water in it tasted kind of like coke right but you didn't get the caffeine hit you didn't get the sugar hit yeah you didn't and so you have to figure out, is it the sugar that I'm going for? Or is it the caffeine I'm going sure. for? What is the thing I really need out of this? Yeah. That yeah. might be under the surface. Okay. It might be an emotional thing. Mm-hmm. I've had people all over the map as far as what they've said. This is the thing that works for me. Mm-hmm. And But getting that thing worked out, and then whatever you negotiate in and out of your play to make it safe and healthy for you, yep. make sure you protect that part of it. Got it. And then you can give up big parts of it that might be just, yes, it, it sounds like a lot of fun to have this kind of handcuffs, but handcuffs aren't really that safe for long-term bondage. Right. We won't use handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Right. Because handcuffs aren't important for this thing that I really am yeah. all about. Yeah. Whereas somebody else might say, no, it's got to be steel handcuffs because that's central to my fantasy. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to work out how we're going to send be safe around those steel handcuffs. Got it. Okay. And not injure somebody. Right. Um, and so, so I say those two big things, figuring out what the the core thing is, Mm -hmm. and then really making sure that you've really, really got explicit consent with your partner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in writing, I mean that, I think, do you you feel that that's, that's critical or think that really helps? Okay. Cause you had Uh, talked about emailing back and forth and that type of thing and that you'd, I, I think that, that you're much better off to be careful from the point of view of, Make if you're doing this with a stranger, of making sure you really do the due diligence. And is this a person who is going to be? Have, yeah, this, this is a healthy thing for them to do. Sure. Rather than the first person who answered my Craigslist ad. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was hot. Right. <clears throat> and that that's you know that really doing the due diligence. I would say that of the people I start negotiating this type of play with, mm-hmm. I'm more selective now on who I start with, and so it's I've because I've done it for a long enough time, I can kind of see where things might go south. Right. But when I started doing this type of play, I would say about two, one to two in 10 actually went from, hey, let's try to negotiate this to actually playing. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that I was looking for a reason to say no along the way. And when I saw something that said, okay, this isn't comfortable for me. Yep. I got out. So you are looking for an enthusiastic, unequivocal Yes. Yes. Unequivocal, healthy yes. Yeah. I, I, um, a good example is someone came to me, and we were negotiating along, mm-hmm. and I checked their references. 
And I called one of their references and said, okay, this person's given you as a reference. This right. is the scene we're doing. They've made you aware that I'm calling. You know, And they said, oh, yeah, I think it's going to be so great for them to do this scene. Uh-huh. It'll be so healing for them. And I said, well, why? And they mm-hmm. said, well, because they were sexually assaulted six months ago, and it'll be so healing for them oh to go gosh. through this. Holy shit. Now, the red Ooh. flag for me was they had not disclosed to me that they had been sexually... They were using me as therapy Wow. without telling me oh. I was therapy. Yeah. That was a big... No. Big, huge red flag. Yeah. Yes. I, there's, this can go wrong a lot of different ways, and I could be yeah. in trouble, or they could be in trouble, or somebody could be harmed. Yes. Yeah. And because of this, this not being disclosed. Right. And so those are the kinds of things, I think, really taking the time to do that due diligence and look for a reason to not do it. Right. A lot of people do this with their 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 present partners also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They do this kind of play, and then it's some, I'd say the big advice is figure out what's going to make it work for you with your present partner, and what that's going to be. Right. Um, one of the things I'll quite often tell the aggressor is that you know, change the change really basic things about yourself, like your smell. Okay. Yeah. You know, if you work in the software industry all day long. You know, on the way home from work that day, lift the hood of the car, stick your hand in there, get a little bit of grease, and just rub it on your neck. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, change something about the way you smell, about dif- different things that are going to change that. Right, right. That that thing. Um, you know, but whatever it is, is make make little changes. Mm-hmm. Don't have sex the same way you always have sex. Right. Because that will be too familiar, right? You know, you, you're you're with a long term lover, you kind of fall into patterns. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do number three, and then number sixteen, and then number twenty two, and then yeah. we're gonna sleep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um. So that would be my advice for people: is nice. really figure out what the, that core thing is, and then figure out what they can do to make it healthy yeah. around that. And this, to be very very clear with our listeners, this is not something that is sexual assault. This no. is consensual quote-unquote non-consent play that people are engaging in because they're seeking it out, doing it responsibly, safe, sane, and consensual. And even though it goes to a taboo, dark place, it can be fulfilling for people and, yeah, what they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. This was great. This was a fantastic discussion. I'm glad we were able to, you know, take a... A sow's ear and turn it into a silk purse. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, people can reach you at you, through your website, gemdevall.com. That's correct, yeah. And we'll put a link to that. And uh, are, do you have any classes coming up or anything? I'm teaching a class called Related to Rope. Okay. Um, and in a, uh, uh, on the 27th here at the foundation. 27th and, of uh, February. February, okay. Yes. And so... Um, and then I'm teaching a consent class in March. Fantastic. A consensual non-consent class in March. Excellent. Well, that's, and then we'll after post that, a link to that. So then after people... that, I'm teaching in Chicago. So I don't know. How many we listeners have listeners do... in Chicago. Okay. So I'll yeah. be teaching at Kinky College in Chicago. Okay. Now, is that a live class or is that a recorded class for Kinky College? For Kinky College, is, um, is, a, is a weekend event. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a hotel Got it. Okay. takeover event. So All right. So I'll cool. be teaching at. Yeah. Fantastic. Thanks so much for being here and talking about these taboo things and um, putting a little humor and educational spin on it. I really appreciate it. Good. And Thank you. And if uh, you ever need your, your nether regions sugared for an event, you should go see 
See Julie Mains at Sugar Me Julie. She's one of our sponsors, and everybody deserves a clean workspace. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if any of you out there has a story where uh, your scene got interrupted by a little person, <laughs> please feel free to write it to uh, write it down and uh, email it to us, theofacepodcast at gmail.com, or tweet at us at theofacepodcast, or uh, just you know just visit our site and listen, listen to all of our episodes at uh, theofacepodcast.com. And uh, oh, and if uh, you're in the mood, go and visit patreon.com slash the OFACE podcast and uh, drop a dollar for ep- per episode and help us keep making these things. Yeah, because we're definitely doing it wrong today. <laughs> definitely doing it wrong. <laughs> that looked easy enough. And Joey is going to try it out. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Check. Excellent. Yes. Right. Super yeah, excited double. to have your, your kinky oh, ass yes. here on the podcast and find <laughs> out how you got into all your naughty bits. Yeah. <laughs> so testing the sound check. Da, 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 da. How goes it? It goes very well. Yeah. Yep. We working? We sounding good? We sound awesome. Good. Fantastic. You got the right amount of sibilance. Sibilance is working. Pop filtering. Yeah, we're good. We are super good.